Greetings in Jesus' name. The message you are about to listen to is brought to you from Impact Church, located along Parker Road at Polvi House, third floor, Westlands, Nairobi. Our vision is to be a church for those tired of business as usual. You can contact us on plus 254-710-640-240. For further details, visit our social media pages, Impact Church KE1. The kingdom of God is not a matter of words, but power. Welcome to a life-transforming message by Pastor Andrew Mutan. And washed in his blood. But today I want us to finish what we started at the beginning of this month, talking about the seed. And today I want to finish by talking about three things. There is the seed there is the soil and there is the season. There is the seed, there is the soil, and there is the season. And the reason I talked so much about the seed is because of those three, the most important. If you don't have the right kind of seed, it doesn't matter what soil you have. And you won't be able, because the season is determined by the nature of the seed. Okay? So, uh, there are certain things that I want us to understand. Why, why does the Bible talk so much about seed? It's because life comes out of seeds. When God wanted to create life, he gave seed. When God wanted to create everything, whether it's plants, whether it's Every living thing comes out of a seed and its life is perpetuated. It is continued through seed. That's why even when God destroyed the world, he made a declaration in the book of Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22. And this is what he said. He said, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest time, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. So there, there, it's a law that God put and he said, as long as the earth remains, which, as we know, that means someday the earth will not be there. This earth, as we know it, God is going to move it and create a new earth and a new heaven. Okay? But as long as this earth remains, seed time, that means there will always be people that sow seeds. And as long as seeds are sown, there will always be a harvest. It is a law. The same thing with cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night. So those, that is a law that God put. But then, when we go back when he was creating, I want you to see, says verse 29, says, Behold, I have given you every herb. Verse 29 of chapter 1. God speaking to the man now. It says, Behold, I have given you every, every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth and every tree in the which of the fruit of the tree yielding seed to you it shall be for meat. Praise the Lord. So God is saying what? I have given you what? Fruit. I have given you herbs. I have given you trees. And they all carry seeds. If you want to see more trees, you've got to plant more seeds. Okay? So there are certain principles we've been looking about seeds. And these are basic things that we know. But today we're going to you know, wrap it up. And I want you to, to help to understand how is this going to change your life. Because the main 
subject we're talking about is walking in the blessing. God wants to bless you. And blessing means empowered to prosper. Empowered to succeed. God wants you to be a success in life. God wants you to prosper in life. And when you talk about prosperity, we're not talking about money. We're talking about God blessing every aspect of your life. Whether it is your relationships, whether it is your marriage for those who are married, whether it is your work, whether it is your school, whatever you do, it prospers. That is God's desire for you. The Bible says in John chapter 10 and verse 10 that the thief comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. The work of the devil is to kill, to steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, but I have come that they may have life. Who are they? My sheep, the people who come to me. They may have life and have life in abundance. That's why without having that relationship with Jesus, you can never really have life. Because life, he is the life, he is the way, he is the truth. And, and there's something I spoke about briefly after Evangelist Chris finished preaching last Sunday. And this is out of this scripture which says what? We have been given an incorruptible seed. The moment we gave our lives to Jesus, what happened is uh, an incorruptible seed was planted in us. And that seed is the word of God. And this is a seed that can never be defeated praise the lord and it's because of that seed that we now can overcome the world this world has a lot of battles and struggles and challenges um, but we have assurance of victory and that assurance is because the seed of god is on the inside of us so we have to understand the power of a seed. That everything that you have in life is actually a seed. Even the time that you have is a seed that God has given you. Even the, 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 the talents, the skills, everything that you have is a seed that you can either plant or waste. And if you waste it, then you won't have a tomorrow. Because seed talks about tomorrow. And I, I made this, uh, I mean, I gave it this example. If I gave you a kilo of beans today, if you ate it, that's the end of it. But if you planted it, then you will have more and more tomorrow there, there, there are people who get you know people talk so much about why do we give in church why do we have to tithe why do we have to give to God but people who ask such questions have never really understood the power of seeds because even if as some people think that the tithe was for the Old Testament or for the time of the law even if that were true God spoke and says, no man shall come to me empty-handed. Why was God speaking that? Because there, is, there can never be an altar without an offering, without a sacrifice. Even David spoke and says, I will not give to the Lord anything that costs me nothing. So, why is it important to bring a seed at the altar, an offering at the altar? It's because unless you release what you're holding on to, you cannot have something that you need. Everything that we need is in what we have. Are we together? Whatever you need is not outside of you. It's on the inside of you. Everything you need, God has already put in you. So you need to understand how to be able to bring 
or bring to yourself what you need from what you already have. Are we together? So you, you've got to understand what has God put in me that I can give, that I can release. Because until a seed is put in the ground and dies, John chapter 12 and verse 24, until the seed is put in the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. But if it dies, then it produces much grain. So, and, and as long as you're still holding on to your seed, it remains a single seed. But when you're willing to release it into the ground, which is what we're going to talk about today, the soil, you've got to be able to understand, first of all, the soil, the ground that you're releasing this seed into. There are four things we talked about. I, I believe most of us who have been following remember these things. Number one, who can tell me what was number one about seeds? What did we say? Well, it's important that you guys remember this. We talked about seeds. What did we say the first thing about a seed? Someone, you people don't even write it in your notes. I, I, I give you permission to look at your notes. Because this... So a seed, a seed needs the right environment, okay? A seed will not grow unless it has the right environment. And we're going to talk about that. Part of that environment is the ground, the soil. Because the nature of the soil can cause the seed to not to become effective. It can cause it to, 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 to not be able to bring what is in it. So different soils yield different seeds and so we're going to talk about that so the environment but you also mentioned that it's not just the soil it's the air it's the water it's the warmth it's the atmosphere if if that seed does not get the right atmosphere it will not grow i think victor has another point what is it the seed must die. So it must die for it to germinate. So in our lives, there are certain things that we hold on to so much. Sometimes it's the past hearts. It is the past relationships. It is the past things, some things in our past that, that stop us from going to the future or from blossoming. And God is saying, for where I'm taking you, you must release certain things. They must die. That now your life can come forth. But sometimes that death process also means that, you know, the seed has uh, flesh around it. And, and all that flesh, it, it rots and goes, dies before the shoot can come out of the ground. And we have seen the power of these shoots that, you know, you really touch these, these shoots. They're very weak. You know, when you touch it with your hand, you, break, you can break it. But amazingly, that same shoot is able to penetrate even very hard ground. But how does it do it? It just goes, you know, s slowly. And it, but it has the power to break through. And, and, and that is the same power that God has put on the inside of you. If, if, if you are able to be in the right environment, you will blossom. It does not matter what challenges you're facing today. All you need to do is to surrender yourself. Now, we're going to learn today that the soil, when the Bible talks about the soil or the ground, it's about our hearts. We're going to talk about the heart today. Because a lot of us are not able to proceed or with the seed of the word of God because of the position of our hearts or the nature of our hearts. What's the other thing we talked about the seeds? Seed has to have the right environment. It must die. What else? We say that, yes. Wonderful. 
the seed will still have the power in it to reproduce unless it is crushed. And that's why when the devil wants to destroy your destiny or to destroy your life, many times he begins at a very young age and he begins to put people around you. Unfortunately, this could even be your parents. Sometimes it is people who are not careful, the words that they speak, and they can begin to cause you to doubt yourself, cause you to have a low self-esteem, cause you to have no self, no confidence. Uh, and, and they begin to talk you out of your dreams and they begin to water, water down your dreams. Why? Because every single child is a genius. Every single child has the ability to become anything. But it is the, the environment that causes them to begin to think they cannot. I used to wonder why in some nations, some, some children are able to do so many things. Or in some nations, people are able to, to do so many things. And yet in most African countries, it seems like we are not able to. And, and I realize it has nothing to do with our IQ. Because when God created us, he made us all the same. It has to do with the exposure and the environment. Because if you grow up knowing you can do something, you don't even question you know, for, for some of us, it was so hard to even imagine certain things. <laughs> you know, certain things were, 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 were very hard for us even to, to put our minds around as little children. But when I look now at, my, at our own children, for them, the things we used to think are so big. For them, it's no more. They are walking into these things. I don't intend to embarrass my daughter, but just last week when we were here, she, was, she, had, she had flown somewhere with some of her friends. For me, by the time I thought about flying, <laughs> and for her, it's not a big deal. But for us, it took prayer. <laughs> it took fasting. But hallelujah, we have now, the, the gate is open for them. For them, the lights are green. They don't even think about it. What am I saying? The, the, the environment, the exposure, the, the opportunities that are available can cause you to be stunted or cause you to blossom. That is why it is very important to condition your life and not let others condition your life for you. You have to be very intentional about the people you allow in your life. You have to be very intentional about the messages you listen to, the music you listen to, the things you watch, because everything is conditioning your life. Now, I've already started preaching. I'm talking about the soil. Praise the Lord. What is the soil? Someone said this statement that is very, very powerful. He said that the problem, the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. I hope that doesn't confuse you. The heart of the human problem, that means the center or the, the main reason that we have problems on this earth in this world, we have problems in marriages, we have problems in relationships, we have problems in churches, we have problems. The hurt, the center of the human problem, the heart of the human problem is the problem of the heart. Do you not understand it? The, the, the reason why we have problems in life is because of our hearts. And the reason God has already put a seed in your life, the reason it's not going to blossom, most likely, I can guarantee you, it's the condition of your heart. Today I'm going to talk to you about the heart. Amen? And there are four kinds of hearts. 
Are you ready? And all these hearts are in the Bible. Number one, it is the faint heart. The heart that is what? Faint. You've heard the Bible talk about what? Fainted heart. You know, those who are faint. Number two, it is the heart that is weighed down. Heart that is what? Weighed down. Number three is the broken heart. Amen. So we're talking about what? The faint heart? The heart that is weighed down? There's a heart that is broken. And number four, it is the heart that is open. So when we talk about open, we're not just talking about... Um, it's basically, I'm talking about a heart that is yielded, a heart that is ready, a heart that is prepared, okay? So it's open to God. It's open to the things of God. So when we talk about the soil, so we, we say, because I began, I've, I've been trying to build this message from the very beginning. I talked about the seed, but then last week we brought it to a point where now you realize that the seed is the what? The word of God. It is that incorruptible word of God that God has put in us. But the reason why many Christians, you know, have you ever met Christians? People have been in church for a long time, but they are so mean. They, they, they are so bitter. They are, they, are, they are so judgmental. They are, they are so condemning. And you're like, I thought this person has been around church for some time. But it's because they were probably raised in homes like that where they were condemned and they were, you know, when they had to be corrected, it had to be condemnation. It had to be, they were put down, they were shamed, you know, and, and, and so they grew up thinking that is the way to correct people. Oh, you find that they are in church, but they are hurting. I'll never forget, I think I've, probably, I don't know if I've shared this here before, but we were seated in a car with, we were coming from some place with some friends, and there was a certain woman of God who was in the car, and, and, and uh, there were four of us, and so as, as we were talking, we, we mentioned something, and I was amazed. This woman is, is a pastor. The moment we mentioned something about men, <laughs> she opened her mouth the kind of words that came out of her mouth concerning men I said God I thought this was a woman of God and I thought I'm a man here you know you feel like I need to disappear because <laughs> but then she begins to speak and then we realize there was just bitterness coming out you know, and it's a sad story. I mean, she was married to this man who was also a, a pastor, a minister. And then this man, you know, left her and went to another lady who was actually like a neighbor. I mean, very tough story. And, and, and she's broken. You know, she was so wounded. But I was like, man, you've been in the ministry all these years. And it's like venom, you know, poison. <laughs> Coming out of her. And, 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 and as they say, hurting people hurt other people. Many of us are hurting because somebody who was hurting hurt us. And that's why God wants to change your heart. That's why David cried out and said, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart. Let me tell you, it, there's no amount of money that you can make that can work on your heart. There is no amount of friends you can make that can heal the problem of your heart. 
There is no place you can live in or even place you can ever go to that can work on the condition of your heart. That's why God or Jesus Christ, he is the only surgeon of the heart. That's why we preach this gospel. Because the heart is the most complex. I want to talk about heart. I'm not talking about that physical thing you've read in biology. Okay? I hope you understand. I'm not just talking about that. But there is a place in you that is the center of your life. <laughs> you know, my, my, my younger brother, when he was like maybe four years old, he used to speak. We were all shocked why he would say such, such a word. Because for a four-year-old, it was not a word that was expected out of him. But he would say in, in, in Luganda, which is the language I grew up speaking, and he would say, which means my heart told me a long time ago. And this is a four-year-old. Eh? <laughs> my heart told me a long time ago that I'm supposed to have done this and this. And I'm like, your heart? Perhaps when you're still in your, in your belly or something. But, but there, there, there are things that God deposits in our hearts, even when we're still in our mother's womb. That's why it is very important to realize that life begins way, way, way before the child comes out. There, there are people that are broken today, but it's because maybe their mother was struggling or whatever was going on or there was words that were thrown. And they're like, where did this begin? And they can't trace a place in their life where, but it's something that happened even before they came out of their womb. That's why I believe so much in, in speaking life. Hallelujah. Speaking life. So we're looking at the heart because that is the soil. We talked about the parable of the sower and we talked about what? The ground that was rocky and all these things. And as you think about those things, now think about the heart. The rocky ground is the rocky heart. You know, the ground that this is all about different conditions of the heart. Because unless God deals with the heart issues, there's a scripture in the book of Proverbs. We're going to look at so many scriptures today. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. This is a scripture that I want you to keep in your heart. Amen? 23 says, keep and guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. The heart, you need a padlock around it. Now, when I talk about a padlock, I'm not just talking about, of course, you know I'm not talking about a physical padlock, okay? But that, that heart, that place in you, that is the center of your life, you need to keep it, you need to guard it. With all diligence, some of us keep our houses and we make sure we have locked the doors and we have locked the windows. But when it comes to our hearts, we just allow anything to come in. We don't, we're not careful what we listen to. We're not careful whom we allow to speak into our lives. We're not careful what we surround. Because the Bible says, guard your heart. Why? Because that is the soil. And some of the issues of the heart will not manifest now. They will manifest many years from now. Something that entered your heart. And like, I didn't even know this was there. I didn't even know this was there. But it is somewhere. It's been hidden. And then now it just begins to what? To manifest I mean, like that woman I'm talking about, perhaps she was also, she, she regrets Well, How did I say this? But there was something that triggered 
triggered that and she began to what? To just speak out. And we were all shocked. But it was something that was hidden in her heart. Someone said, God, touch my heart. Heal my heart. Strengthen my heart. Help me to guard my heart. There's a time that, that Jesus Christ was, his disciples were eating, okay? And they were eating with the hands that were not clean. You know that story? And, and the Pharisees were so angry and says, Why do you, how can you allow your disciples to what? To eat with dirty hands. Jesus was very wise the way he would look at them. And he turned to them and said, It is not what enters a man that defiles a man. It is what comes out of a man. And he says, from the heart comes all kinds of evil things. And not somewhere in the book of Mark. Yeah, it's already here, Matthew. Now, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth. This defiles a man. That means that your mouth is the, is the one that reveals what is in your heart. Actually, there's a place where Jesus Christ says, for out of the fullness of a man's heart, the mouth speaks. How did we know that that woman was holding bitterness? By the mouth, she began to speak. Let's move on to the next verse. It says what? Verse 12, Matthew 15, verse 12. Thank you. He says, then disciples asked him, do you not know, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? Why were they offended? It was the problem of the heart. The soil that is cause, going to cause the seed of God to blossom in your life is your heart. Your heart says, continues here, says, brood of vipers being evil. Can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's why David cried and says, create in me a clean heart. One of the things we all need in our lives is God to work on our hearts. Now let's begin with a faint heart. What is a faint heart? A faint heart is a heart that is hopeless. And when I talk about hopeless, I'm talking about somebody that has given up. There's so many faint-hearted people. They, they walk around, you see them walking, but, but, but they really don't have the strength to believe for a better tomorrow. They have resigned themselves to what they call their fate. They have said, this is what I am going to be. This is who I am. This is what I will be. And why have they resigned? Because perhaps they have tried so many things. There's a scripture that says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Their hearts have become sick because they had hope. And they were waiting for some things, but they waited for too long and nothing happened. And they got to a place where they became faint-hearted. 
Now, the problem with a faint heart is the faint heart will cause you not to receive from God. The faint heart will cause you not to see the purposes of God for your life. The faint heart is actually one of the worst soils that you can plant a seed in. Because the faint heart, dead person, you will even preach to them the gospel. And the gospel will just come in through one ear and to come out through the other ear. They will not believe, doesn't matter how anointed the man of God is. They'll be like, ah, that, that gospel, is, it's for, it works for them. And, 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 and the devil is so bad. That's, do you know a lot of African people have been conditioned to believe just because of the nature of your skin, you cannot be something. That's a lie from hell. And you hear it in the politicians. You hear it in economists. You hear, and it's just something that was programmed. Have you heard of a story of how they programmed an elephant? When the elephant was still a baby elephant, they tied a rope on it and, and made sure that it is tied to a tree. And so it struggled and struggled and struggled and it could not break away from the tree. But they wanted to make sure that it does not roam around. So what they did is after some time, it kind of got to understand this rope with this rope, I cannot move. So this elephant grew bigger and bigger, became stronger and stronger, but it still did not move. And the problem is the rope. It's been conditioned to believe that when I have a rope, so you look at this huge elephant tied to a very, I mean a very small tree, but it still cannot break away from it because it knows what is that called? It's called conditioning. And most of us don't realize the news are trying to condition you every day. See, the problem, the problem we have is, is not even the devil. Not some of you are going to say, hey, who is, what's this preacher preaching about? No, the problem we have is not, it's not even, the devil is not your number one problem. <laughs> your number one problem is your heart. The devil cannot cause you to sin unless you want to sin. You can say, where is that scripture? Let me show it to you. James chapter 1 and verse 16. So you, that's why you have to guard your heart. And these hearts are funny. Sometimes they, they think about things and you're like, hey, where did this come from? I didn't even know my heart can. But some of these things are already deep down there. You do not know. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Verse 17. No, 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 that's not the one. 13, sorry. Verse 13. Look at verse 13. It says what? Let no one say when he's tempted, I am tempted by God. And don't even say I'm tempted by the devil. Okay? Because you're going to understand why I'm saying that. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Let's move on. But each one is drawn away when he, when he's tempted, when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Not the devil's desires. See, the devil, what he does, he will condition your environment. That's why we are living at one of the toughest times in history. Why? Because the environment has been so polluted. Whether it is the phones, whether it is the news, everything is spewing out garbage. And, and, and before we realize, we are beginning to like things. There's a drink that people like so much, but it's just chemical and water and sugar. But why do people like it? Because they, they, they will do an ad that makes you feel like if you're taking this drink, oh, you're so refreshed. <laughs> the purpose of advertisement is to cause you to desire what you don't even know. You know, you don't even know something, but all of a sudden, I want to go buy that thing. Why? Because you've been conditioned. And now, the moment you are desiring something, the devil has no more work. 
All he has to do is to expose you now to what you desire. <laughs> you have been desiring, but you never had an opportunity. Now the opportunity. You know, you know that's the thing about Eve. If Eve wasn't around that tree, the devil wouldn't have spoken. But the Bible says she saw, not the devil told her. She saw that the tree was good for food. It was desirable to the eyes. I mean, she was looking at other trees, but this particular tree looked awesome. And as she's still just walking around the tree, the devil says, why don't you just try it? That's why he's called a tempter. You know, he, he sees your desire and then just pushes you a little bit. You just try it. I think it is good for you, you know? Someone say, my heart. That's why you have to watch your desires. I have to watch my desires. What do I allow myself to? Because you never know when your heart has been drawn away. It begins, you know, I, there's a song which says, it's a slow fade. When all of a sudden, black, and black turns to gray. There's no longer black and white. It's, it's gray. And then before you know it, the things you used to think are so evil, you're like, ah, after all, everybody's doing it. It's not so bad. You're beginning to defend what you used to. Why? Because your heart has been conditioned. So every man is drawn away when he is, is tempted, when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Next verse, verse 15. When the desire has conceived... That means the desire is a what? It's a seed. Just as the word of God is a seed, every word you hear is a seed. That's why we have to be very careful how the, 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 gates, the gateways into our soul are our eyes and our ears. So every time you're watching things, every time you're, you're hearing things, seeds are being planted. Seeds of rebellion, seeds of immorality, seeds of fear, seeds of... They, they, they are planted. But when seeds are... Cons, when they conceive, they give birth to... It doesn't begin as sin. You know, the devil knows you have grown around church too much. He will not just come and tell you, go there and do this. No, no, no. He will just put a seed. And then you begin to desire something. It's like, man. I wish I can have this opportunity. And then Pole Pole, he now, that's why one of the prayers Jesus Christ prays is we should pray, God, lead us not into temptation. Oh, hallelujah. And when the seed is now full grown, it becomes, leads to death, but it begins as. So how does a faint heart begin? That's where I was beginning from. A faint heart starts from the words that you keep, first of all, hearing from other people and then telling yourself. Do you know that everything that you hear from other people does not affect you until you speak it to yourself? Oh. There's another statement that I want you to think about. It's, it's a very interesting statement, but it says... I don't even remember where I had it from. It is not what you are called. It is what you answer to. Do you know your name is the only thing that other people use more than you do? You understand that? Your name is the only thing other people use more than you do. They call you, I mean, you hear your name being called, not by you, but by other people. I mean, you probably use it when you're signing or writing on something, but, but they, other people use it. And, and in our lives, people will call us things and we will hear them. But if, if I call your name, you don't have to answer. You can refuse to answer. So it is not what you are called, but what you allow what you begin to receive. Someone can say you're dumb, but you can say, no, I'm not. Someone can say, because you're African, you're not prosper. No, I'm a child of God. I'm not just, my identity is not African. My identity is a child of God. 
you can, I mean, someone say you cannot prosper. You say, no, the Bible says I can do all things through Christ. That's why even Jesus Christ was able to refute what the devil was saying by the word of God. He never allowed the devil to say anything. Everything the devil would say just would say it is written. Why? Because you don't have to allow your heart to become faint. You have to guard your heart. How do you guard your heart? You speak back the word of God. Oh, praise the Lord. You say, I will not be weary. I will not faint. Why the Bible says those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. I mean, you've got to guard against being faint-hearted. Do you know a lot of people who give in, it's because they have become faint. The devil wants to break your heart until you can't even say not to sin anymore. Why? Because... Your heart has been vexed. Yes, that's what I was looking for. Samson, man, some of us think about Samson just in the strength of his physical, but Samson was anointed by God. Samson was a man of God. He, 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 he knew his calling. And, and, and as much as he had weaknesses, he was determined not to say the secret of his strength. He was determined not to give away. <laughs> but then he met Delilah. May the Lord keep us from Delilah's. Even the ladies, you have to say amen. Delilah's are those things that weaken you, pole, pole, until you get to a place where now your will, you're faint-hearted. Your will has been weakened. That's what happened. Let's, let's look at this story. In the book of Judges, Samson, great man of God. But Delilah, you know Delilah, and that's how the devil does. He, he, does, he, he makes sure, he, first of all, you're very comfortable. Eh? So Samson is just there lying on Delilah's lap. Delilah is just touching him. So just tell me, tell me, tell me the secret. <laughs> I bind every Delilah. They, they will not find me in Jesus' name. Listen to how she's saying. You know, I'll just read a few verses, okay? Verse, 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 verse 14. As she did so, she fastened it with a pin and said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he woke out of his sleep and went away with the pin of the weaver's beam and with the web. You know, everything they were tying. And she, and she said to him, How can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me three times and have not told me where your great strength lies. The Bible says, verse 16, and when she pressed him day after day. This is not something that happened in one day. It just didn't happen in an evening. The Bible says what? She pressed him day after day with her what? Someone shouted, with her what? With her words. She's not using a hammer. She's not. <laughs> Do you know words are stronger than knives and hammers? That's why, you know, sometimes some people say instead of, 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 of abusing me with your words, just beat me up. Because that wound can heal faster than the wound of the heart. When she pressed him, they after day with her words and urged him he was vexed to death his heart became so faint that he felt like he was dying and he says instead of dying I'm going to tell this woman can you imagine he was at a point where he can't even run away he can't even walk away you know this woman has has that's what is, you know, have you heard of a word called manipulation? Yes. I pray that God keeps you away from people who will manipulate you. There are people who have a smooth tongue. Yes. They, 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 they know how to, they, they have the gift of gab, the gift of talk. They will talk you 
out of even your plans. May the Lord keep us from those people. And that's the devil. The devil is a good manipulator. He knows how to, to, to turn you. This is what this woman did to Samson. He, she urged him. She spoke words. Some of them are probably not even written in the Bible. You know, she spoke words day after day until his heart became faint. And let's read those next verse. And he told her all his mind. And he says, a razor has never come upon my head. For I have been a Nazarite to God. What was a Nazarite? A Nazarite was, were people that were set apart. What we could call holy before God. He had made a lot of mistakes. He had eaten food which he was not supposed to eat. He had drunk alcohol. He had been told never to drink alcohol. He had eaten honey from the dead lion, which was never supposed to do as a Nazarite. But God's grace had still kept him. But this woman knew this is not an ordinary man. There's something. There's an anointing. There is there's a secret to his power. I need to get him to say it. And the Bible says, if I am shaved, my strength will go away from me and I shall become weak and be like any other man. You see, the interesting thing, most of the stories we see show Samson as a giant, as a big guy. But when you actually study a bit of history in the Bible, you realize Samson was just in terms of physique, physique and structure, it's not that he had like, you know, those six packs. And <laughs> he, he was just a man. But when the anointing of God would come upon him, he would literally carry a get up the hill. It was not his bodily strength. This was an anointing that would come upon him. And all of a sudden, he's stronger than an elephant. But Delilah realized, oh, so this man is just like any other man. It is the hair. The Bible says when she saw, he had told her all his man. The devil is so bad, you know. She caused him to sleep on her knees. Called a man to shave off the braids. And she began to torment him. The devil is so bad. The moment you give in, he doesn't stop there. He afflicts you and torments you. He afflicted him, tormented him. And the Bible said, and his strength. So even when the hair was cut off, he still had some strength. But you realize it's after the tormenting. Now she's using, she uses all kinds of evil words. And maybe she's telling him, Samson, you are nothing. Samson, you are this. Some. The Bible says, until all the strength. That's what the devil wants to bring. He wants to bring you to a place where it is not weak men that fall. Strong men fall. If you, they don't, if you don't guard your heart. Wise people fall. We, we all are susceptible because of the what? The heart. So that the key thing in, in your life, in my life, is to say, God help me. That the soil of my heart, I don't even have time to talk about the season, but I feel like this is what the Lord wants us to deal with today. Because you're... you're your problem, my problem, may not be anything else. It may just be the heart. The heart. And, and God is saying, for where I want to take you, give me your heart. Surrender your heart. It might be broken. It might be faint. Where do we find God talking about faint hearts? I'm going to finish this and move on quickly to the next three. In the next, allow me in the next ten minutes I should be done. But listen... To what God tells Gideon when Gideon had invited these people 
in the book of Judges chapter 7. God spoke to Gideon in verse uh, 3. says, now therefore go and proclaim. 32,000 people had showed up for the what? To be part of the army, okay? But then God tells him, he says, Gideon, go proclaim to the people. Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him return. And out of the 32,000, 22,000. Another version, I don't know which version it is. It says, whoever is fearful and faint-hearted. Do you know, God wants you to be bold. God wants you to be strong. God wants you to be courageous. Being courage, courageous doesn't mean there's, you're not afraid. No, they say courage is fear that has said its prayers. Have you heard that before? I mean... David knows Goliath is big and he's like, if, if, if that stone misses, I'm meat. But his confidence in God is bigger than his fear of Goliath. And you can get to a place in your life where your, your faith in God, your trust in God is bigger than the mountains that stand before you. And you will do exploits for God because you know who your God is. Manessa Sifiwe. So we have to get to that place where we say, God, strengthen my heart. I will not fear. I will not be afraid. I will not give in. I will not give up. Why? Because greater is he who is in me. So yes, the, the, the things are there that are meant to make you afraid. They are meant to make you run away. But because you believe in God, you're able to stand against the giants. You're able to stand against the obstacles. You're able to stand against the mountains. That's why God does not want you to be weak and faint-hearted. Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. You've got to face life with courage. Life is not for the weak-hearted, for the faint-hearted. If you're weak and no confidence, there is nothing you'll get out of life. You've got to move out there and believe that God is with me. And believe that God is for me. And believe that God is fighting on my side. Things may not work out the way you expect them. But keep moving. Keep trusting. Keep believing God. Because if you're faint-hearted, you will not be able to receive anything from God. That's why even G, the Bible says in the book of James that a double-minded man can never receive anything from God. Just because it says anyone who puts his hand to the plow and begins to look back is not fit for the kingdom. Why? Because the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing and it is the violent men that take it by force. There must be an army that God is going to raise that can say, yes, I'm ordinary. Yes, I am weak. Yes, I have the same challenges. But because I trust in a bigger God, because I know he's on my side, I refuse to be faint hearted may God strengthen your heart I said may God strengthen your heart how do you overcome the weak heart how do you overcome the faint heart by learning to wait on the Lord Ooh, Jesus I have more message than I have time listen the Bible says this Psalms 27 and verse 14 wait and expect of the Lord and he will strengthen thine heart. Psalms 27 and verse 14. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He will strengthen. Why do we pray? Prayer is not for strong people. Prayer is for some of us who have said we are weak without God. We cannot make it. So when, when life comes against us, we, we run to his presence. Why? Because we know that is where we have strength. That is where he's our refuge. He's our strength. People who depend on themselves, they have no need to pray. People who have everything figured out have no need to pray. But some of us have no option but to pray. Because when the challenges and battles come we know the only place we can run to is the presence of God 
And I'm assuring you, if you learn to wait on the Lord, he will strengthen your heart. Let me quickly run through the other three. The way down heart. A lot of people are going to fail. You know, there are people who believe <laughs> once saved, always saved. It's not true. It is not true. There are people who are in church today who if Jesus came back right now, they will not go to heaven. I show you the evidence. Luke chapter 24, 21 and verse 34. Jesus Christ is speaking and he's talking about the heart. And the problem will not be that they don't know God, they don't love God. No, 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 no. It will just be that their hearts became what? Weighed down. In fact, the King James called it overcharged. Eh? The way you charge something and it is charged more than it should. It says verse 34, and take heed to yourselves or be careful. Be careful. Be on your guard. Ah, I like this version. But be on your guard. Don't let the sharp edge of your expectation get dulled by parties and drinking and what? At a shopping. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> that day is going to take you by complete surprise. Spring on you suddenly like a trap. And there are Christians who will just be out there. <laughs> the New King James says, but take it yourself, lest your hearts be weighed down by, I don't know what that word means, but I guess it means all the other three we talked about. Drunkenness and cares of and that day come on you unexpectedly. Yes, you love God. But for some reason, you, you're just the cares of life. The Bible doesn't mean talk about, there's no, I mean, apart from maybe drunkenness, but the Bible's not talking about immorality and killing and all these things that we think of. No, it is just cares, troubles of this life. And you're so consumed by these things that Jesus shows up and it catches you by surprise. Before you know it, we are gone. Yeah, me, I'm not staying here. But the rapture has come and people, hey, you're like, hey, what happened to pastor? What happened? You called the other sister. Oh, hallelujah. What's the other version? What's the other version saying? Take it yourself and be on your guard, lest your hearts be what? Overburdened and depressed. So depression is about being weighed down. Depressed people, are, life you make too much. Until now they are, they are depressed. It, shall not, it is not your portion in Jesus' name. I wish I had time, but I would tell you, learn to have the joy of the Lord. Learn to rejoice in the Lord. Learn to be content. Learn to thank God. Learn to count your blessing. If, if you are thanking God and praising God, where will depression find you? But the more you think about, oh me, I don't have this. Look at what the other person has. Look at what happened to the other person. Oh, life has been unfair. Before you know it, your heart becomes... We need to finish this. Go back to the other depression, whatever thing it was talking about. The, 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 that version. The Amplified says, weigh down and with the giddiness and headache and nausea <laughs> of self-indulgence, drunkenness, and worldly worries and cares pertaining to the business of life will always have business. It can keep you busy. But you don't have to let that Take away your sharp edge. Take away your sensitivity to God. Take away your desire for the presence of God. Take away the joy of the Lord. Take away the peace of God. That the Bible says, lest that day come suddenly upon you like a trap.
or a noose. Do you know no, 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 nothing is trapped when it is willing to be trapped? <laughs> if, if it is a willingness, then it's not a trap. A trap is meant, you know, okay. I, know I know some of that. Some of this generation have even never seen mice in their houses, but for some of us who grew with, with mice or rats, so there was a certain trap, eh? Which had, I don't even know where those things went to, but it had some metallic thing on it. It had a metallic, so on this other side of the metallic thing, you, there was a hook, I think, where you put like, a, you know, like a peanut, uh, some meat. So this rat, when it comes, the moment it bites that thing, the other thing snaps and holds it. And it realizes, hey, I thought I was going for the meat, but I've become meat. Can we rise up to our feet right now? In Jesus' name. May, may your heart not be weighed down. We know about the broken heart. But I want us just to take some time. Dennis, just come. There, there's some songs that talk about the heart that I'm thinking about. There's a song which says, purify my heart. May, it, may, may I be like gold, like precious silver. It's, it's an old song we used to sing those years. I don't even know that Dennis knows that song. But, but, but it's, 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 a, it's, it's important that God purifies our hearts. And some of the things you're going through may seem like hard, but you know, maybe God is dealing with something in your heart. Maybe God is removing the stubbornness in our hearts. Maybe God is, is dealing with the hard-heartedness in our hearts. The hardness. The children of Israel failed to get the blessings because their hearts were hard. So the, the problem with religion, religion is when people come to God with their lips, but when their hearts are far away from Him. Believers in Jesus, what we have to do is just to give Him our hearts, surrender all to Him. If it's broken, let Him heal it. If it's weighed down, let Him lift it. If it's fake, let Him strengthen it. If it's hardened, let Him soften it. We're saying, Lord, just have your way. Have your way. Have your way. message is brought to you from Impact Church, located along Parker Road at Polvi House, Third Floor, Westlands, Nairobi. Our vision is to be a church for those tired of business as usual. You can contact us on plus 254-710-640-240. For further details, visit our social media pages, Impact Church KE1. The kingdom of God is not a matter of words, but power.